Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and I'm joined today by the birthday boy, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, happy birthday. How are you doing today, my, my friend? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, Owen. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Whether they're watching or listening, that's all I want for all I want for my birthday. Just tune in. Thank tune you. In. Appreciate it. Um, we are 52 days away from Futures League opening day on May 26th. I'm going to plug it. I'm going to wipe it, paint it on your brain. May 26th, opening day. Be there, be square. But for now, we have Tyler Favretto on this episode. He's doing great at Crowder College. We have Jack Choate, who just got a million pitchers of the week honors for striking out 19 dudes. Our strikeout king struck out 19 guys in seven innings pitched against St. A's last week for Assumption College. And then we had Gavin Noriega on last week who tore it up after our interview. It was like, you know, during release day, but we talked to him before the series, obviously against Fairfield where he did well and he's still doing well. And I'm running out of guys like, like the Eastern Connecticut guys who we, we had, who Matt Malcolm, we had Billy Oldham, who am I for Bagdasarian, Luke Broadhurst, they're top three in the country for D3. Tufts is a top 25 team. UMass Boston's getting votes. Futures League is tearing it up right now. I didn't even mention like the D1 guys besides Gavin. Yeah, Futures League is tearing it up right now. And, you know, it's been great to see. We've had a lot of these guys on this on this podcast who have talked great things about the way that their college seasons have started. And Tyler Favretto is one of them. He was a member of the Lake Monsters for the entire season, which is very, very rare to find one of those. But he talked about, you know, the roster turned over. He talked about his start at Crowder College and being from Canada, which is cool. I don't know if we've had a Canadian on before. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't even talk about hockey. I mean, that was the, that was the last time we had the Lake Monster on with Colby. We talked all about hockey. It was a good conversation. He's, he's going the JUCO route, and he's proud of it. And that's baseball right there. Yeah, that is baseball in its purest form. And we want to get you to this interview. So here is Tyler Fevretto. Let's roll. We are honored to now welcome on our next guest. He plays his college ball at Crowder College and was a member of the 2021 Futures League champion, Vermont Lake Monsters. It's Tyler Vavretto. Tyler, how are you doing today? Good, and you? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Tyler. you got a busy weekend ahead. You've had a busy spring so far. How's that been going? They're going well. Uh, team's been doing well. Um, we're, we're starting to get on a little bit of a roll, so... Um, getting ready for postseason. We about to have a month left of the regular season. So we're, we're looking good so far. All right. Now you got to tell us about Crowder. The simplest way we got to ask this is how does a kid from Quebec end up in Missouri? So it's an interesting story. I and mean, a bunch of guys over here um, asked me the same question is how, how can a little guy from Canada come down to little town, the Osho, Missouri, but um there's this uh, back home, we have this uh, scout uh, for the San Francisco Giants who does a little bit of recruiting as well, obviously with all the contacts he has. And uh, just one day he got a call from our coach down here uh, asking if there's any players back home who are good enough or, uh, and willing to come down here. And uh, his name is Ray Calari for the San Francisco Giants. And he gave, me, gave, his, gave coach my number he called me and then process was quick. We sent some videos to him. He liked what he saw and the process was pretty much quick and uh, came down here and I'm loving it so far. It's a great experience uh, and, and it's wonderful. 
All right, so we follow, you know, Eric Sim. We see the Twitter accounts, you know, college baseball is going off on social media. How much pride do you take in playing JUCO um, as a, you know, as a, you know, first-year freshman right now? Junior college baseball is 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 just incredible. Um, I think a lot of people are starting to realize uh, how people, how good people are in junior college baseball. Uh, I mean, just look at our roster. You can say we have a guy going to LSU next year. We have a guy going to Arkansas next year. Uh, we have a guy going to Charlotte. Um, we got other guys talking to power five schools. Um, it's, it's good baseball. It's, it's just as good as division one. Uh, you're going to face guys throwing 90 plus on mostly every weekend. Um, it's it, the pride in t- and pride in playing college baseball. Even if it's junior college, it's just amazing. It's the next level. It's a way to get better. And, and it's just, I, I'm loving my experience here in junior college. Yeah, you know, some of those tweets that follow this blueprint, like it's not D1 or bust and it's not power five or bust. It's like, oh, guys are throwing 90 at D3. Guys are obviously throwing 90 at JUCO and obviously lower D1 and stuff too. Did you, is that kind of what you were told or recruited on or, or did you realize that now, like, hey, it's not D1 or bust, that whole mentality? I mean, I've always known being from, Canada, that the process of, you know, hopefully making it, uh, hopefully make it to the MLB one day is probably going through junior college. Just the recruiting process is a little different being from Canada. Uh, you get less people come and see you. Um, the re- recruiting process is just a little different. Um, and going through junior college is a way to um, be seen uh, a bit more uh, from that university, hopefully. I mean, being from Canada, like I mentioned, getting that opportunity to go Division One right away um, is a bit tough. You got to be really a, a, a big stud, basically. And so I've always wanted to go junior college just for the process of um, getting more playing time, getting experience. And then hopefully, like I said, once I'm here to then go to a Division One and then see where it takes me from there. But um I've always probably wanted to go junior college just for, first of all, there's also the, the money involved in it. It's a bit less expensive uh, for my family and I. And then, like I said, for the, just a game playing time experience for then, because I probably knew, knowing my talent and stuff like that, Division One is, is obviously good baseball. And I know that junior college is just as good, but I can probably get that more playing time before I can get into that Division One. That's the path that a lot of people have followed and it's turned into major success. So that's yeah. perfect. There's also that uh, process of you can get drafted out of junior college too, if everything goes well, right? After your first or even second year. So it also opens plenty of doors as well to um, hopefully making it to, which is my goal, to, to be in an organization one day. Yeah, of course, you know, it's all about the stepping stones to get to that point. And, you know, going kind of transitioning to your Canadian uh, Canadian roots, I should say. You you know, you talked about it before we even started recording. You know, you said baseball is an American sport, but it's very prominent in Canada with the Blue Jays and Rogers Center and everything that goes on up there. What has it been like kind of following Canadian baseball throughout your childhood before you got to the States? Um, I've always been a, a huge fan of baseball. And, uh, you know, my dad always used to talk to me about the Expos. Um and how he used to watch them when he was a little kid. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to 
watch any games um, because they were they moved to Washington before I was born or a year after I was born. But following Canadian baseball is, I mean, Toronto's our team. They represent our country. And, you know, they had some few struggling years, but now they look like they turned the path and it's just amazing. We just, we just hope for the best for them. Um, they're, they're Canada's team. Um, hopefully one day the Expos come back and we have a team in Montreal. Uh, but following Canadian baseball is, I would say the people who want to follow it are very passionate of following it. And some people follow it just because they like the sport. Um, but Canadian baseball is, is turning the corner. I think, I think more people are starting to get attracted to it. Uh, more people are getting interested in baseball and that's just baseball is the best sport in the world. And if more people can play it, then that's amazing. Absolutely. And the blue Jays only went 91 and 71 last year. Not good enough in the AL East, unfortunately. Powerhouse <laughs> division. They're making some signings this year. You got to be excited for that, right? Yeah, I mean, they threw some money around. They have they some did. prospects. They have some young they guns. Um, they're looking really good this year. They made a few trades. You signed, signed a few guys. It's uh, hopefully. I mean, they had a really good season last year. Just that powerhouse division didn't help, but hopefully, um, they get a few more wins this year and and make a run in the playoffs. It's funny because if the playoff expansion worked, I didn't want it to be like whatever the bigger of the two options. But if it did, like, would we have seen four AL East teams maybe in the playoffs? Like, maybe I think that's it, crazy. I think they expanded it this year, so if I, I possibly if they play the same way, they could be four teams from the AL East. It's powerhouse division. It's tough if you're on the up and up instead of yeah. like you know the Yankees who you know, just have been spending money forever and winning zero. Yeah. Um, so how far is you played in Burlington over the summer? Vermont is close ish to Montreal. Yeah. It's about a two hour drive just from, from where I live. Um, Burlington's about a two hour drive. That's not bad at all. That's a lot closer than us. And we're, we're, we're over here in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, did your family get to make it to some some Burlington games, or do they see you play at Crowder at all? Um, so, unfortunately, during the summer, uh, they weren't able to come down um, because of um, COVID and the border uh, restrictions. It was tough for them to, to come down. Um, we wanted to. They tried. Uh, I even tried to yeah, go back. That for, was a tough situation. I, I even tried to go back for maybe a couple of days just to – see them and grab a few stuff for school um but it wasn't it wasn't able it was it was very complicated with the process of having a COVID test and having it within 72 hours and me being on the road a bit it was tough to get a test um it sucked definitely sucked I would obviously like to have my parents or some family members come and see me but um they weren't able to I mean they could have flew, flown down but the price of airplane tickets at that point were really high because no one was flying and the people who do, they don't, they don't, they didn't want people to fly because of obviously COVID. And so prices were really high and it was just, wasn't, it just wasn't able to work out um, during the summer. And then uh, here they haven't come to see me yet at Crowder. So I went back home for Christmas. Um, that was the first time Christmas was the first time I've seen them since the summer. Uh, before I left for the summer. So it was, a, it was a span of seven months where I left May 15th to go down to Burlington. 
uh, and get ready for the season. And then I went straight from Burlington down here to Missouri and uh, I went back home for Christmas time. So it was a span of seven months where um, I didn't see my family. Yeah, that's a long time. And something I didn't even think about, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're talking about all these issues with, uh, well, at least the sports world is talking about all these issues with vaccinations. And it's like, what about the players that can't go back home and stuff? So that's, yeah, that's definitely, I didn't even think of that until Johnny asked it. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, I think the process now will be a bit easier with um, things easing up, I think, uh, and borders being, I mean, opening up a bit more and having maybe a less restrictions on things. So um, definitely looking forward to the summer and having, looking up in the stands and seeing my family members. Um, yeah, you got to cherish that when that happens. That's yeah. been way too long. Yeah. No, they haven't seen me play in maybe, I would say almost two years. So it'll be, I'm looking forward to having my parents and family members watch me play some some baseball. We are too. Yeah, so are we. Especially in the best stadium in the FCBL. What's, what, what can be better? There's not much better than that, is there? And you were a freshman this year at Crowder. We mentioned it off the top. You've appeared in eight games, you have an average of 238. What's it been like getting that first college baseball experience under your belt? It's it's amazing. College baseball is is very different. You know, it takes some time to adapt to the game speed. Um, but once once you're in it, you're in it. Um, it it's amazing. Um, college baseball is is incredible. Um, the players you play with, the people you play against, the things you learn on and off the field. Um, I'm getting I'm getting experience, and that's what counts. It's, it's going to make me a better baseball player. Um, and, that, and that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So today we're recording on Friday, April 1st. Happy April Fool's Day, obviously. Uh, this is dropping on Monday, but for everyone that's listening, it's Friday. Crowder's staring at two doubleheaders back-to-back days right now. Can you walk us through that routine, that timetable, the process of, you know, what's what the uh, bus schedule, everything? What, so, what's the um, today? Uh, I think tomorrow we're supposed to be at home uh, for a one o'clock start on a doubleheader. So um, we get there at 10.15, we change, uh, get on the field around 10.30, you know, start getting somewhat loose, get the arms moving a bit. Uh, 10.45, we start BP. Um, so for, for basically what I do, obviously I get there maybe a bit earlier, I get there maybe at 9.30, um, you know, roll get on the foam roller, massage gun, just get my body a bit loose, change, get to the, get on the field, start throwing a bit. At 1045, we start BP. Um, so I'm in group two. So group one's hitting, I'm in the indoor getting a little, a few swings in, then hit my BP. And then I go back into the indoor and uh, I do some machine work for receiving um, just to see the ball, have a little feel before, before the game. Then BP usually ends around, I would say 11.30. Uh, then we go to eat, um, lunch, come back at uh, 12.05. We stretch at 10. Uh, we get loose again. Bit bit longer process of, of getting mm-hmm. loose. And then we have in and out, and then the game starts at 1. And then right, for, very important for, question. for the what's road, on that What's on that pregame menu? Uh, to eat, yeah, whatever the cafeteria has. Um, oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Usually, it, is there you, any superstition in there? Um, so I'm 
I don't really like to eat before games or have a heavy meal before games. I just feel like um, sometimes I get bloated or um, I get tired from eating a lot. So when everyone else goes to eat, I uh, usually stay in the indoor. I have usually a fruit, like a banana, protein bar, and I stay and stretch even more. Uh, being a catcher, you got to make sure your hips and legs and all, all that kind of stuff is loose for when you play. So I usually stay back and stretch uh, even more, but I still have something to eat, obviously. Um, for the road, we usually, it all depends, but we usually get on the bus around between six and eight. It depends how far the, the trip is. And uh, basically, same thing. We get there, we change, we hit BP, uh, and then we get ready for the game. Yeah, that's a that's a packed schedule. I mean, there's yeah. there's just no way there's no way around that. Yeah, no, and it's Julie College baseball. You can be on the field um, for 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 how long? In the fall, we were on the field. I think we started at one, and I think we got off the field at like. Eight, we're on the field for seven hours, maybe. It's Juco just, bandits, baby. Exactly. You just, you just go through it. I mean, it is what it is, and you have fun doing it. Yeah, and you just talked about your pack schedule at Juco. There's also the pack schedule of the Futures, you know, the Futures League and playing summer baseball. So what are comparisons besides that between Juco and the Futures League? Um, I feel like, I mean, Juco, you have uh, a lot of um, – Think obviously you have school. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You still have to do some schoolwork um, and all that process, but sometimes it's tough because, like I said, you get back and you just you just want to go to bed. Um, I think it's a lot of comparisons. I mean, I think the Futures League prepared myself a lot um, for junior college baseball. Um, the, the Futures League was my first um, kind of – it's like I got my feet wet in college baseball, basically. Um, and I think it prepared me a lot uh, for junior college baseball. Um, it's like it almost gave me a season under my belt. Um, and it prepared me. It allowed me to see what kind of college baseball is, what kind of arms we're going to face, um, velocity-wise, pitch-wise, um, the game, the speed of the game, um, how other players think. Um, and so there's a lot of comparisons in the way of, schedule i mean like you said fcb has a has a packed schedule which i mean i love i just love playing baseball and um having that packed schedule i think allow me to prepare for junior college baseball as in it's just the same thing what i did in the summer yeah so you talked about getting your feet wet you got obviously a bunch of at bats a bunch of reps against you know pitching on all from all levels of the ncaa you went a step further than that. You got your feet wet with some playoff experience, some championship experience, some game three experience of the FCBL championship. How did that help you maybe even more like game on the line at Crowder or runner in scoring position? Got it like just, just the pressure, the, the, those extra reps, you know, in, in intense situations. So um, it helps me a lot. You know, you just, you can speak to teammates too about it too. I mean, uh, one of the teammates during the summer, Jimmy Evans was, was big on just not taking the moment, not putting the moment too high. Um, he would always talk about just go out there and have fun. It's, it's basically the thing, you know, having that experience of dealing with high pressure games 
and going through the process with teammates of thinking, you know, just go have fun. It's just a game of baseball. Um, and going through that experience already during, like you said, the playoff run and, and game three uh, championship championship game where it's you win or you go home, taking that and just coming with coming coming here with it and just basically saying, I've done it before. I've been in high pressure situations. I can do it again. And so, I mean, I'm a big believer in on, ex, on experience. The more experience you have, the more comfortable you will be in all that, in those situations. Um, and so living that experience of that championship run and losing game one and having to win game two, and then hopefully in that winner take all game three, you know, obviously the, the pressure's up there. The stakes are a little bit higher and, having gone through that and I can use that later on in my career, especially over here when, you know, there's big situations. Um, I can always rely on that be like, okay, I've done this before. Let's go out there and have fun. Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures. But first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, and you guys certainly looked like you were having fun when Chris Clark dealt that strike three, and you guys were the official champions of the Futures League. Take us through that moment. What was it like being, you know, knowing that you were a champion? It was it was surreal. I mean, I got goosebumps just from you saying we were champions. It's just, it was amazing. It was a hard summer. It was a fun summer with a lot of hard work put in, um, and just you just you just think about all the hard work you went through the whole summer and just, you just did it. You know, you, we set out a goal, we wanted to win it and we did. And um, it's just, it was amazing being with those, that group of guys who who've worked hard, who didn't give up. I mean, we lost game one. It was, could have been easy just to have been, you know what, we're going to Pittsfield. Let's just kind of throw it away and, and let them win it at home. But we, we said, no, we, we want to go back to Burlington and win it. And after Chris Clark got that last, that last out, man, you just you just burst out in in, in enjoyment. You just you, it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Chris Clark's been shoving for Harvard now. They're on a roll. You know, you talked about Jimmy Evans, who's creating you know whole new high pressure situations as as Tufts is ranked now in D three. Have you been keeping in touch with other guys, catching up with everyone, or uh, is everyone kind of just focused on baseball right now? No, I'm definitely keeping in touch with a, with a couple of guys. Uh, you know, Jimmy, I keep in touch with him just to see how he's doing. I know he's doing pretty well right now with, with, with Tufts. Um, 
keep in touch with Kobe a bit, uh, Kobe Brulette, um, and a couple of other guys. But no, it, that was a great group of guys, you know, guys that I got close with and uh, guys that I'll definitely stay in touch with uh, throughout my career. And I mean, some, some of them I'll be teammates with again next summer, and I'm looking forward to that. It's a good group of guys. And that, that was, I was with last summer and the guys coming back are, are good people, good players and uh, good teammates. And that's what makes a summer even, even better when you can win championships and the people you win it with are, are going to be good friends for life. Yeah. And you just touched on it. Colby Brulette. We had him on episode one of season four of this podcast. He talked very highly of you and the rest of your Vermont teammates. What's it like playing with him and now getting the chance to play with him again here in 2022? So I had, a, I had a short stint with him. He was he was maybe there for about a month. He, he joined us late in the season, uh, but he's great. He brings a lot of energy. Um, he, when you're around him, you always got to smile. He's always going to make you laugh. Um, he's going to make you smile. If you're down, he'll, you can just go around him and he'll get you in good spirits. Um, he's amazing. He, he's a good ball player. He's a good teammate. Uh, someone you can always go to talk to about, you know, if you're struggling a bit, he'll calm you down and just, just relax, going to have other at-bats and, and go out there and kind of have, have some fun, like Jimmy would say, and he would say it too. Uh, but, no, he's a great guy. Um, like I said, he's going to make you make you laugh. He's a good teammate. Um, and it was a pleasure playing with him, and I'm looking forward to having a whole summer with him this time. Yeah, we're happy to have him for a whole summer too, a full 60-plus games, hopefully, for Colby and you. And um, so <clears> – but, like you said, short stint – a lot of guys had short stints. You lost a lot of guys early. We we talked about that enough. We've we've drained all that. But that's kind of what summer ball is all about. But you were there from May, from the jump, like you said. May 15th, you said, I think you you went to Burlington. Could you even name everyone? Like, did you even get everyone's phone number? Like, there were a ton of guys on that roster. I feel like I could name quite a few guys. Um, I mean, we had, I don't know, I would say maybe like 60 guys come in. I mean, I could be really old in and out. No, I think that's, I honestly think that's accurate. Yeah. It was, it was a bunch of guys. We had a, we had one guy show up and then it was like, no, I don't like it. And he left. And we had to get a few guys who stayed um, for the whole season. A few guys who had to leave because of, of school, obviously. And a few guys um, wanted to go home for a bit or their school wanted them to go home before they even come to school. Um, but no, we got a, we had a bunch of guys. I mean, I, I think I can name a few of them. Uh, phone numbers. Oh, you don't need it. You don't need to name them all. I was... <laughs> phone numbers definitely not. I think my phone would lose. Be happy saying you have too many contacts if that was the case. Um, but um, I mean, they're all good guys. I mean, even if they were there for a bit, I think they got close to our group. They knew that you know we were a close group, a close team, and then we, anyone who came in, we we accepted them right away. Obviously, you know they're gonna be part of the the journey um, and hopefully the goal. And that's what we did. Um, like I said, we accepted them. We welcomed them with open arms and everyone who came in were, were good people, good teammates. And like you said, that's what makes the summer even, even better is when, when you, when you can do it with, with good people. Yeah, of course. And clearly those people had an impact on you as you are back for the 2022 summer, as we mentioned, what led to that decision? I don't think it was, I think it was a no brainer. I think right after we won that uh, third game and I was just, you're just sitting, sitting around and I go, I go, Pete, I want to come back. And he's like, 
I think we can make that happen. And so um, I think it was a no-brainer. Just the, the fans, the organization, they treat you top-notch. Uh, like I said, the fans are, are invested in you. Um, we get a lot of fans every game. They want to see you succeed and they cheer you on. Um, I mean, the FCBL is just a great league as well. Even when we go on the road, we play in some nice stadiums, we play in some nice crowds. The league is competitive. Um, and I just looked at it as I took a huge step forward in my career, in my baseball career, just this one summer. How can I not come back and, and get better next summer again? So um, it was a no-brainer, like I said. Um, I, don't, I don't think it took long for me, Pete, to annul, uh, for me and Pete to agree on that we both wanted uh, to come back. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great summer. Yeah, and of course, the Lake Monsters announced that co-manager of the year, Pete Wilk, will be back at the helm in Vermont in Burlington at Centennial Field in front of those packed crowds. What have you learned from Coach Wilk so far and the rest of the staff? And what are you looking forward to, you know, maybe developing more this summer? Um, Pete Pete, and, and Coach Fincher, uh, they taught me a lot. Even Chris Richards, um, they taught me a lot. Um, they helped me grow. They helped me develop a lot in my, in my baseball career and, and my game, um, you know, from the defensive side um, to the offensive side as well. Um, just, you know, a few things uh, defensively on, you know, on receiving, um, hitting. I know I struggled a bit at the beginning of the year and I worked hard with Chris Richards, the hidden coach, and even with Matt Fincher and then they, you know, cleaned it up a little and, and I started to get hot during the end of the season. Um, but they taught me a lot. Um, I think what I can continue learning from them is just um, gaining their knowledge. They've been around the game for so long. They know so many things. Um, I can start gaining more of their knowledge. I mean, I know me and Pete still talk about, you know, what things I, what I can improve on for next year. And, you know, one of the things he mentions was just, um, having uh just being good with your pitchers you know having a good relationship with your pitchers um having their trust um you know controlling the staff and i feel that you know last year maybe i was a bit timid being just having no college experience um just just trying to play and get better and now going through that summer and going through this college uh season going into vermont next year i could definitely uh improve on that where i can have maybe you no know, speak up a bit more and I know my place and talk with, you know, have a better relationship with my pitchers and, and uh, go from there. But, you know, Pete, uh, Coach Fincher, Chris Richards, even Joey, you know, they played a big role in my development. They helped me grow as a person, as a player. Uh, they helped me even mature. And so um, I'm grateful for them. Yeah, that's great to hear. And that's, you know, that's the formula that we hope for in the future as they come out of the spring or sorry, come out of the summer is that, you know, like people like you who don't have as much college experience are growing and, you know, guys like Pete Wilk are helping out with that. So that's great. And Vermont does a lot of promotions like the rest of the league, but they do it. <laughs> Some of them are quite funny. What do you have a favorite of any of the promotions that they do? Um, the on-field ones are always fun. Um, you always get a good laugh out of them. Uh, I think the, the race 
um, from first baseline to about third baseline or to the third base dog. It was always fun. Um, you always got a little bit of, you get a little bit of laughs out of that one. Um, it's just funny, you know, people, people fall, people actually go intense and they want to win it. Uh, then you have some people who tackle people. It's always fun. I think that would be my favorite one. Have you ever tried to fit in the Teslas, the mini no. Teslas? Definitely not. Definitely not. I don't want to, no. those look expensive. So I don't want to try to sit in one and break one. So, and then I'd have to pay for it. Yeah. I'm over one on trying to get in those. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to, you might have to come on and do that. Uh, in-game experience there you might have to you and uh, owen might have to be the two people racing those cards oh no yeah we tried no <laughs> we didn't fit <laughs> the tricycles had to do yeah yeah <laughs> all right so before we get to our final segment one more question about 2022 about the upcoming season you have this new role like you're you know kind of alluding to how do you plan on you know you're still young. You're still only a freshman. You're, or you're going to be a sophomore technically in the summer. How do you plan on, you know, still taking everything in from the coaches, from the older kids, but also like, Hey, you're, you're teaching these new kids that have never seen baseball in Burlington before futures league baseball before. How do you plan on like balancing that those two different hats you're going to wear? Um, I, I just look at it at, um, how I can get better and how I can get other people better. Um, I think that's the biggest thing you can do is, is help teach other people, but not, but still getting information to make you better. Um, you know, having a year under uh, my belt in the FCBL, I'm going to be able to help people who haven't been in that league before and how it works, you know, with the tough schedule and being on the road um, and, and dealing with, you know, coming back late from a road trip and having to come back to the field in the morning to get ready for another game. Just, you know, dealing with that process and helping them um you know if they have any questions and and just to continue to get myself better by taking in information from older guys or even coaching staff just to continue to help my development um is the best thing i want to continue to get better as a baseball player that's the goal you know each and every day is just to get better uh just to get better and so um if i continue to do that i feel that you can still get better while teaching other people um you know, you can see in spring training, uh, you have Yadier Molina teaching um, rookie Cardinals catchers how to uh, just some tips. You know, Yadi knows that he's going to win the job and he knows that, you know, he's pretty good, but he's not cocky. He's, he's going to help teach other people because I feel like that he knows that if he teaches it, he's still going to get better at doing it. And so I can take that. I can look up to that and be like, all right. I can help these guys that are first time first timers in the league, help them out if they have any questions while also still taking in information to get better. Yeah. And again, you know, I talked about the formula of the futures league earlier. That's, that's a pretty good one right there. Yeah. Before we return to back to the futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian back company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian back company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League. 
and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Tyler, we got a few more questions to wrap up the show here. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Who was your favorite teammate to play with this summer in Vermont? Um, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of good options. You got Kobe, you got Jimmy, but I feel like uh, Kobe is there for a small stint. Um, I would probably say Jimmy. Uh, he he calmed me down in a lot of situations. He worked, we we worked well together. We would do some extra work, early work together. Say, hey, it's just a game. Go out there and have fun. Uh, you know, it's a game of failure. I can't put too much pressure on myself. And he was always there. But no, there's I would it would probably be Jimmy. It was a, it was a great to have him during the summer. Yeah, Jimmy, of course, the championship MVP. is a lot of people's favorite teammate after that. Uh-huh. And what about walk-up music, whether it's at Crowder or in Burlington? What are you blasting through the speakers? Um, being from Canada, I got to support um, my boy Drake. Uh, being from being from Canada as well. Uh, I meant to, I got same song as I had for for the summer over here. It's uh, nice for nice for what from Drake brings me back to my Canadian roots and makes me think about home right before my bat and and that's what I'm blasting through the speakers. Awesome. Then how about favorite big league team and big league player, whether it's current or historical? Um, all right. So I'm a, I like two teams. I like the Washington nationals that transfer from uh, the Montreal Expos has followed them since they moved and the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously. Um, and my favorite MLB player would probably be Bryce Harper. Um, the energy he brings to the game is, is incredible. He goes all out all the time. Um, obviously, an exceptional player uh, with plus tools where he just does everything. And so I would say Bryce Harper. You brought up Yachty earlier. Uh, what are some other catchers you, you know, look up to or try to model your game after, you know, learn from? Um, I look up to uh, JT Remuto a lot, the way he, he receives, um, the way he, he throws really well on the bases. Um, and another one I look up to is Russell Martin. I know uh, he's also – Canadian as well. He's he's pretty much retired uh, from the MLB, but I just look at him. You know, he's in. He used to play infield in college, and then he made the transition to uh, catching late in his career. Um, and I just look at him, just how athletic he was, how smart he was in calling games, and how well he worked with his pitchers. I mean, a bunch of play, pitchers say how um, good of a relationship they had with him, and. That's credit to him, too, because he probably put in that effort to get to know them and and work with them. So I think those two would be the two that I look up to, JT, uh, Rumido, and and Russell Martin. Yeah, it's funny with Martin. Usually it's, you know, the other way around. Usually the guy's knees hurts, and he's like, all right, time to play first base. But that was not the case there, not the case with you, obviously. Uh, What about your favorite ballpark you've played in and one you've been at as a fan? Um. Played in would be um, Burlington, uh, Centennial Field. Um, historic um, fans fill up the stands. I mean, that game three, we probably had, what, 3,000 fans in there. It was a packed crowd. Um, so I would say played in would be the um, 
would be Centennial Field. And as a fan, it would probably be Rogers Center. I went down for a playoff game um, in Toronto to watch the Blue Jays. I think they played in the Cleveland Indians that year. Um, and, and it was electric. Um, the place was booming and uh, it was it was amazing. So those two places were, um, are it for me. I was getting into just watching that TV that series on TV down here, that was, yeah. that, that was electric. It, it was electric. That's the, I mean, I think the building was shaking. It was so loud and everybody was screaming. It was amazing. Building was shaking. Bats were flying. Yeah. Fists, fists have flown in those series. That's all you can ask for. What about what's on your sports bucket list? Sports bucket list. Um, my sports bucket list. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, to win a national championship, either in junior college or, or uh, the four-year once I move on. Um, I think that's the biggest one. Um, I feel like the relationships you make with your teammates in college are ones that will last a long time, uh, a lifetime. And so um, it would be just amazing to, to win one with a college team. You know, you go through the hard process of fall, um, where you're, you're up at, you know, 5.45 to work out at 6, and you don't want to do it, but you have to do it. And so uh, you go through a lot of things with your teammates, and I think rewarding yourself at the end of the year with a national championship um, and to be recognized as the best program in the nation would be uh, top of my list. Great goal to have. And last question of our Quick Hits segment presented by Zephyr. What's your favorite all-time baseball memory? All-time baseball memory. Um, all-time favorite baseball memory would just, I mean, I, I keep it very simple. Um, there's a lot of things, um, but I think my favorite one is just um, playing catch with my dad in the backyard. I don't think there's anything better than just um, you and your pops playing catch in the backyard. Uh, I remember doing it as a kid. I think I think I annoyed him so much to be like, dad, hey, can we go throw in the backyard? Hey, dad, can we go throw in the backyard? And you know, all the sacrifices he made, he probably didn't want to do it. He was probably tired from coming back home from work, but he said yes all, all the time. And um, I think I keep it simple. There could be other things, but um, I like to look back and I think that would be just the best memory of baseball is um, as a young kid, just going out to your backyard and throwing the ball with um, your dad. Yeah, it's yeah I don't know about you, Owen. You've been on the podcast for – a couple seasons longer than me, but that put all the other ones to shame. I was literally just going to say <laughs> that. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. It's the simple things in life. And that, that's a great answer right there. And before we sign off, how about a message to Lake Monster fans as you are officially back for the 2022 summer? Lake Monster fans, I'm, I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited to see you guys in the, in the stands cheering us on. Uh, I'm ready to go out there and defend our title and hopefully bring one back um, to Burlington. Hope, hope to, See you guys in stands. See you guys soon. Uh, and go like monsters. Yeah, we can't wait to see everybody in the stands this summer. And Tyler, this has been great. Thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to following you the rest of the season at Crowder and seeing you this summer in Burlington. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Good luck. We'll see you this summer. Hopefully your uh, family can make it to some games this summer too. Perfect. Thank you. Sure. And this has been episode 10 of season four of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. 
We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.